And, you know, given that, we have to make considerations about, well, can we, is it, is it worth doing that to generate another, another impression versus maybe the revenue you would lose from doing that because a customer is going to get, think, well, hang on, this is a terrible user experience. I'm going to move away from it. If you only focus on the revenue generation as a retailer, you're not going to develop a retail media network that's appealing for either suppliers or alternatively for customers. Hello and welcome to the AdPod. Today we're going to be chatting about retail media and I'm joined by Oli Share, the Omnichannel Media Director at Boots UK. Oli is responsible for the retail media network on the Boots sell side, as well as how Boots buy from retail media on the buy side. I'm really grateful for Oli to come onto the AdPod as I've known him for a number of years and his experience on the buy and sell side is what makes this conversation really interesting because those two things must coexist for a buoyant ecosystem which puts the consumer first. Retail media has gained a lot of hype in recent times and it's seen as a huge area of opportunity for retailers and advertisers, but specifically advertisers who sell through those retailers online. In this episode, we talk about what retail media entails. We talk about a walled garden versus integrated into existing ad tech approach how Boots has brought together multiple stakeholders to drive success, and much, much more. This is one of my favourite episodes to date. So, all that leads me to say is, I hope you enjoy this episode of The AdPod. Hey Ollie, welcome to The AdPod. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Wayne. It's great to be here. No, great to have you on. We obviously known each other for a little bit of time, so good yep. to get good discussion down on the books um and before we kind of get into that discussion for those who don't know you would you mind giving like a quick intro to your career and then what you do now yeah sure so um so I'm Oli Cher. Uh, my current role is I'm the Omni Media Director at uh, Boots uh, UK uh my career's uh, been quite varied so uh always in media uh started my career in retail uh, probably quite a few years ago, uh, and uh, started working for Sainsbury's, worked in the stores, and then on uh, .com, and that's kind of where my love of digital marketing kind of grew. Um, worked there for a couple of years, and then I moved into FMCG. Uh, I did eight years in FMCG, uh, a combination of working at Nestle, where I looked after all of the UK media, and then at Diageo, where I worked for uh, UK media, and then also Western European media. And that's actually where we uh, when Wayne and I, Wayne and I met. Is, yeah. Glory uh, days. Glory, the glory days, the glory days of uh, working <laughs> at the It was some amazing brands to work on. So it was really, really great. And uh, and then I went to um, went uh, to Amsterdam. I spent six years working for Booking.com uh, in media there. Uh, built the in, built the in-house teams there. And uh, and then I moved to Denmark to work for Echo for uh, to work on their growth um, agenda for them. And then I've just moved to Boots uh, two years ago as the media, Omni Media Director. So I look after both um call media for boots to all of our investments that we make as a as a retailer but also i look after retail media as well awesome so the best person to have on talk about retail media uh-huh. um and uh, i guess before we go into the sort of retail media specifics one of the things we're doing this season on the app pod is to get our our listeners to know our guests a bit better and the way we're doing that is asking them to tell us an interesting fact about themselves which maybe others in the industry might not know so uh, okay yeah uh so i probably i'll probably i'll reveal so i am 
things that people don't know about me is uh, you would be very surprised but i'm a massive sneakerhead so uh i have an inordinate number of shoes in my house probably more than i should admit um i think it um it started when i was younger i always wanted uh, to have jordans i uh, could never have them and then as i think as i got older i started to be able to buy them so i have uh, a lot of shoes i won't say how many my wife uh, would like it but it takes up an entire spare room so uh, she's tried to get make me get rid of them but i've uh, uh i've and they've traveled with me across all of my career so they've been, they've been to more, a lot of different countries so uh but yeah i'm a big big sneaker fan i love that do, do you just collect them because they've got like future resale value or you just like them like why do you keep them why do you keep them that's ah, a great shout so a bit of both three really. so i always I, um, I try and wear most of them there's a few now that I won't wear just because of the value of them has just gone up so exponentially when I first bought them. But I generally just, uh, there's different styles that I like to buy, uh, some that I like to wear, uh, and then some that I just I just keep. So uh, yeah, I, I um, but it was one of my good friends who got me into it. And uh, yeah, that was, it kind of became a bit of a love affair for me. Love it. That's great. Awesome. Um, and so we'll start to get into today, obviously we're talking about retail media and one of the things we like to do when going into a topic is just start with definitions so to ensure that everyone's on the same page so how would you define retail media yes it's a great question i think it's evolved a lot i mean um you know the traditional retail media back you know probably 10 years ago was predominantly driven from a loyalty card base so it was a customer uh, retailers you know uh, looking at ways that they could offer to suppliers access into uh you know either their direct mail or into their loyalty card base for maybe via email or some of their in-store activity. I think what's evolved massively now is obviously with the advent of, uh, you know, technology um, and obviously the demise of third-party cookies and the growth of, you know, first party, the power of first party is probably now retail media has become something a lot more than that. So I think it's now probably a, comes into four categories for me. You've got kind of still in-store, but that's really evolving. So it's not just point of sale now, it's a lot more digital in-store activation as well. I think you've got on-site, so core uh, retailers' websites. So whether that's sponsored search, sponsored display, uh, branded pages, um, there's obviously a range of different options on from there um, as well. And then I think what you've seen a real prevalence is, is the growth of off-site. So that's really the kind of plowing, pushing together of kind of uh, retailers' first-party data, predominantly through data clean rooms that then enables you to connect that to kind of other media partners so whether that is meta um tiktok um through dsps or others um, and i think that's obviously seen really really strong growth over probably the last two years um and then finally one that sometimes gets forgotten is a bit about analytics and insight which i think uh, retailers also have a lot of uh, data on consumers uh and i think a lot of sort of the work that sometimes maybe isn't thought of as much as about how that data helps inform um, brands and, and brand partners to actually create new products uh, and work together with retailers on it. So yeah, that's sort of how I see it. Um, ultimately, it's it's just the range of channels and opportunities for which brand partners can use now to reach their customers. Got you. And I mean, obviously, reaching customers is one reason it'd be interesting. You said analytics and insight. And why so why do you think it why is retail media interesting for advertisers and why now because you mentioned you know in store yeah. has been around since the advent of a supermarket so why now is it also getting so much sort of traction yeah i think it's a, a probably a combination of uh combination of things i think um i think probably the as i said the dem- demise of the third party cookie which removed like ways into which people could target um or previously now which means 
kind of the prevalence and rise of people talking about first the importance of first party data i think the ad tech has caught up with the ability to then connect it more effectively the first party data into um different media owners and then i think also um you know brand partners suppliers in the predominantly in the fmcg world have always wanted to know and i was, was very much myself even back to my diageo days you always kind of thought like you were doing activity and then you were like well, what's the exact effect that that's having in the places where my customers are shopping and i think um uh particularly in the, the times we're living in now that becomes increasingly important because measurability performance has becomes key and so now you can kind of do that because you can close the gap between uh you know what you're showing a customer and the effect that it's having uh and the measurable effect that you can actually now be able to see whether that's in store or online so i think it's that piece that's kind of accelerated it um i think also it's it's probably had some very, very good press over the course of the last two years. <laughs> um, and I think that that piece has definitely also accelerated it. So it's it's gone up the the kind of interest um ranking from uh from with with kind of brand partner suppliers. They're definitely all very interested in this space, but not just that retailers also are now interested in okay, well, how can I look at my estate slightly differently? Yeah. I just find it fascinating because I always thought of retail media as being as you mentioned very fmcg led mm. as in if you are um colgate and you're selling products through tesco then you want to know how much products you're selling and how's it going um are you are you finding from the boots perspective that's you're seeing fmcg is the category leaning in or are you seeing other categories as well sort of uh, sort of leaning into retail media i think um i think what we see is a, a real mix of uh, uh almost all the supply partners that we, we've worked with have expressed a lot more interest in this space. The largest ones are probably the first movers um, because they've seen maybe some of the activity that's happened in the US uh, and have brought that globally into the UK market. Um, so we're definitely seeing that um, that accelerate. I think what I am seeing perhaps less with our business, but more broadly is the kind of also the growth of uh, non-supplier based um active uh partners wanting to utilize the data because in essence the you know the data has real richness you know whether that's an understanding of uh who the customer is their frequency of shop geolocation so there's lots of data points that could be of interest to a much broader audiences that they maybe don't have access to haven't had access to previously so i think predominantly for us as a retail media uh, network we've our focus has been on our core brand partners but we know i know having spoken to other partners that this is definitely a growth area what we probably class as non non-endemics so not shop not stocked in store uh, that's growing and i think we've worked with summer partners into that space but it's definitely a growth area and i know for the us market that's been a, an, a huge growth area yeah i always think about that sort of endemic versus non-endemic types of advertisers and endemic will get you so far and i imagine that is a significant you know opportunity but then there's also non-endemics whether that's insurance or whether that's um maybe sport or politics or automotive whatever it might be they they're also big advertisers who want to reach audiences so if they're if they can then there's opportunities to you know have an ad, ad proposition around it as well yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one of the examples, uh, we've, you know, someone was talking to me the other day about is around the telco industry. So obviously, you know, we hold a lot of data on customer handset, you know, like whether that's on-site behavioral data or customer's data from uh, app downloads or things like that. That's obviously very rich data for them, whether that could be, you know, people who's who's on a later handset that might need upgrading. So I think, like you said, there's lots of use cases that you could work with different providers with 
um, that were kind of non-endemic that that would be relevant for for retail medias. Um, yeah, yeah, I, totally. As you say, it's just trying to find the the use cases where the data that you have or the ad opportunities you have fit the needs of the non-endemics. But there's tons of them, so yeah, definitely opportunities. And that sort of leads me into sort of from a the sales side perspective. So I know you know you obviously run this within Boots and have built out the retail media network from like a sales side perspective. What's the value in that? Like, why did why did they start that journey? Why create a retail media network? What sort of value? What do you get from it? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, um, I'll probably say a number of ways. One is there's there was the demand from from our brand partners to do that. They were very keen to to move into that into the space where you know you see a lot more of the technology moving into to allow kind of um, you know to connect first part to utilize. You know, retailers first party data so there's definitely demand for it from from our supplier base was a big driver for it um obviously you know for retail media networks it's it's um it's a revenue generation stream so i think you know for for retailers um speaking for all speaking for all retailers for a moment uh, not just beats i think obviously that's you know you have to look at that as a is a way to generate revenue i think what what is key is it can't just be for that it's got to be about for the value of the customer so i think that's a really important thing it's about um and i think that's the real role that we play from a retail media network is to parry up you know what the customer wants with the data we have with what brand partners how brand partners want to work and suppliers want to work with us and reach those customers and that's when it works really really well when you bring those things together um if you only focus on the revenue generation as a retailer, you're not going to develop a retail media network that's appealing for either suppliers or alternatively for customers, because of course you can monetize, but that's not at the benefit of a customer and ultimately for a supplier as well. So I think it really is thinking about it holistically. That's been a big part of our, you know, what we've been trying to do is really build something that works for all of the partners within it. Um, that's quite key for us as a as a business. And I think um, there's a lot of interest in retail media at the moment, and I think it's that would be one of my cautionary tales is not to run straight in and to think about how those things work together is probably quite an important part yeah i, I imagine you've got you know multiple stakeholders from um i don't know on-site optimization the retail media network side maybe the partnerships team and there's an ad opportunity or like a space for promotion and decisioning on what should go in there i imagine that can be a uh not necessarily politically fraught but like if you have to balance multiple stakeholders as well as the customer to know what to serve yeah how do you how do you sort of go about that is that a like a working group is it a culture is it a decision tree how do you go about it really yeah it's a great question i think it is um it's partly um well, I think it's it is it is about the culture in which you have. So I think it's about how um, different groups work together because there's a lot. As to your point, there's so many different entities. Whether that's the loyalty element of our business, the 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 uh, kind of uh, e-commerce element of our business, our stores element of our business, and you know we all have competing goals. Um, maybe to drive different elements of the business at different times, but but holistically we're all going off the same thing, which is the growth of the total business. And I think we have to we really go back to what's the right thing for the customer. So like I think uh, you know uh, your example on onsite is a great one. You know how does putting you know another piece of advertising on there affect the customer experience? You know it could be as much as you know what effect does it have on the load time of the page? Uh, you know and what does therefore that affect our conversion rate? And, you know, given that we have to make considerations about, well, 
can we is it is it worth doing that to generate another another impression versus maybe the revenue you would lose from doing that because a customer is going to get think well hang on this is a terrible user experience i'm going to move away from it and i think it's about trying to trying to marry those things together and ultimately um bring everyone together to see what well, actually this is beneficial to the customer it allows our suppliers to advertise their products as they would want to and it also generates revenue for us so i think it's it, again it probably goes back to what such as if you can bring those things together and it works then i think that's where it where it gives you opportunity and i think um what we found is actually i think thinking in that way also helps you unlock it because when you are having those conversations with the different stakeholders internally you kind of think about okay well, well what's their point of view put yourself in their shoes what do, what are they trying to do and then equally the other way around so yeah um i think it is also just cultural that we all work, we're all working against the same thing which is how do you grow the business and it's one part of the business and that's probably been the most important part which is the integration i think if you put the retail media network off to the side as a separate entity it's very difficult then for it not to feel like it's part at, off here on the one side of the business with you know they're doing they're maybe selling it um space um, whereas we've tried to put it right in the middle of it and bring different people together to work on it yeah i like i like the way of framing it because i always think about you know say you're a seller for the retail media network and you just want ad spend partnerships anything will do <laughs> we've got targets to hear i've got to put my kids through school whatever yeah. it might be. um but the reality is something you might do on that side could really as you mentioned like ruin the customer experience they then go to a competitor and you've lost them so mm. i i really like the way you said about putting it in the center and like thinking holistically and i think that just takes a lot of you know as you were saying a the right people, the right culture, the right ambitions and goals. If you, I think if you don't integrate, it's going to be an absolute shambles. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that those are the other thing is um, if you only think in the short term, particularly in the space, mm. you know that's a tough one. You know, if you like you say, you know, there is a there is always a demand to generate more, or but actually, if you think in that way, you don't see the the longer term perspective of what you're trying to build. So yeah, I think that for me is also a really key key part like um uh and i think maybe what happened like a before this element of retail media was a lot of people were looking at data and monetization of that and and actually this it's evolved a lot from there so i think if you go for the short term it's maybe not always the right thing to do yeah yeah i like that and so that there's um you mentioned a cautionary tale um what sort of other challenges are there in creating a retail media network like you know one or two things which you know if somebody was to create one tomorrow, things to sort of th- sort of look out for as a challenge. Um, I think I think the the biggest things are, um, uh, you know, it's 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 probably not it's not easy. I think you can uh, you can with the advent of ad tech now you can implement, you know, let's just take for example uh, on site activity. I think it's everything else that goes around that that's important that you need to think about. You know, about like the relationships with. The other parts of your business like thinking about like what's the long-term strategy who are the people who are gonna who are gonna sell it for you all of these things i think it's um you know it, it's it's easy to implement but the actual delivery of it is quite important um, and i think maybe thinking about how all of those elements fit together across your proposition is probably the biggest thing that you want to do and also again going back to what searching about like really thinking about what benefit does this give to my customer for me implementing this and the experience that i have um so i think it, you you i think you talk a lot and 
to people about you know there's all of these possibilities that you could do but actually are they really the right things to do and and, and what should we be focusing on um and i think probably the the other thing is you know it's, it's about having the right partner with you so we we have a really strong relationship with a partner who works with us from the retail media space who've got great experience in the space and you know that's been a huge part of uh the growth for us has been the collaboration between our two organizations yeah i was actually to ask that is mm. what what kind of people do you need and how do you involve external partners versus inter- internal because i imagine something like this as you mentioned like a lot of eyes on it but it becomes quite high priority multiple yeah. stakeholders involved which is always brings some anxiety so how do you sort of get people either externally or internally sort of involved in this uh i think um so externally, I mean, we work, it's, it's well documented, we work with the Shopper Media Group in the UK. They're a, a great partner in the space. They really understand the kind of the uh, kind of retail media space. They've got a lot of experience in that space. And I think uh, the two things was really that the cultures of our two businesses were very similar. And I think that was a real, for us, has been has been a big part. And I think they bring great experience into of doing this before into it, which has been really helpful. Um, I think internally, it's about you have to bring all the right people to the table because it's such a big, um, it, it touches so many parts of a retailer's business, you know, um, whether that's the trading part of your business, like we're saying, the dot-com part of your business, the, the loyalty part of your business, the data side of your business. There are so many parties. And I think um, having people that are very good at collaboration and very good at managing lots of stakeholders, um, but also can create a really compelling proposition um, both internally and externally is really important uh, and a very clear vision of what you want to do as a business. I think that's been a really, has been really important because I think if if you can't easily explain to someone why we're doing this, it's very tough then to then bring them on the journey as to why they this has to be part of what, what they're doing. But I think also explaining to them the value that this brings back to the business is also really important. So just saying, would you know, would you mind doing this alongside something else that you may also be doing, which would, might be the focus of your day job, is probably you know you need to explain to them the rationale behind why you would want to do that and the role it plays in there more widely. So yeah, it's been um, I think that kind of collaboration has been a really key piece in bringing everybody on board. Um, but, yeah. but it is so important because if you don't, it it kind of uh, goes off in diff- many different directions. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see how that can sort of spiral out of control with the with the, <laughs> the wrong stakeholders <laughs> pretty quickly. Um, I actually wrote an article earlier this year. It was called I'm Cynical About Retail Media. And it was <laughs> literally my most read article in probably like three years. Um, <laughs> but my, the only reason I wrote that was because um, I think retail media, if you are the size of you know Boots, if you are the size of others, it makes mm. a ton of sense. But if there's loads of small retailers who try to build out their own offering, um, I was thinking, well, a is the size of the prize worth it mm. and then and b you know if you're a big advertiser do you really want to have to buy from 25 different retail media networks at once um do you have any thoughts about that like this sort of advent of maybe retail media networks start off as kind of quasi walled gardens let's say mm. and maybe become more integrated into existing ways or and is that dependent on size uh i think it definitely will have to do with the size of it um i think ultimately the the key thing is obviously retail media networks are attached to to core retailers and that and that um there are i think if, if, as a business and not not putting myself in my role but as a maybe in the role of an fmcg um 
putting myself taking my bad self back in time and thinking about how I would have tackled it maybe previously in my in my roles at Diageo and Nestle would be you know you, you've got to look at who are the biggest partners that you work with and therefore how do you really want to uh, you know um, what do you want to utilize their estate for to help you grow as a business and to help them grow so I think you it makes it cha- it makes it a little bit more challenging maybe for for smaller networks because I think to your point it's about the integration and how easy is it for me to be integrated into to so how easy is it for me to buy across 20 different retail media networks um and our retail media networks going to want to do that that's a you know so if I can you know ad tech exists already to do on site where you can you know with the right integration log in and log into all of your retailers in one go and buy across all of them at once um i think that starts to make it makes it more feasible and i think that some of that will will there'll be increasing amount whether retailers will want to do it i'm not sure that is a retailers are traditionally a very guarded group uh so i think there may be some there's some challenges there but but i think the the opportunity for smaller retail media networks is probably with more audience based so if you know if you're a um you know if you're selling a product that is probably for a smaller audience for a more niche audience than a total retail audience it might be more relevant for you to talk to a specific you know customer specific retail and media network similar to how probably you would have done with publishers i kind of think it's going that way where you you kind of look at you know there's an audience there that's relevant to that publisher that will be relevant to me to talk to and therefore it's probably right for me to re- to use that network but i i think that's um I think like all things you're going to see a real growth in networks and then I think you might see some I think there may be some consolidation that would be would be my thoughts but um yeah I don't think we can all grow it's not you know the market you know it's not going to allow it I think yeah I I think I I tend to agree as well just looking at like the early stage of digital in particular you had big publishers you know the AOLs the Yahoo's the Microsoft's and then long tail and then long tail kind of got aggregated and so you can still make the most of what they have, but you know the reality is, FMCG buyers or big holding companies don't want to have to sign fifties to hundred yeah. agreements to access them. But it's I find that that dynamic interesting because mm. some people refer to it as a power struggle, and I don't think it is. I just think it's trying no. to find what is best for both parties, so it could so it becomes win win. Mm. Whereas historically, you could probably argue that advertisers have held they have won. Now they've sort mm. of got cost efficient you know reach through digital and that's led to a ton of whatever issues but in this sort of advent of retail media networks it's like well there's a, there's a lot of strength on the sell side as well so how that becomes a win-win solution I think is what's going to basically hopefully play out yeah I hope so I think it I think it's also you know it's it's um you know we touched on a bit earlier it's about that collaboration between those different elements the customer the supplier and the retailer together i think if you if you can get that right and it works for it then then you will drive growth in in all areas i think to your point if one part is trying to pull too much or it doesn't it's not it doesn't work it's just not going it's not going to work and i yeah. think that's what we've probably seen is an explosion of opportunity because you know if you read the headline like 100 billion pound industry in the next sort of five years you know um people are like this this is massive I should be involved in this and then I think you get into a little bit we talked about earlier about the complexity of how would you begin to do this and how would it work and then it's a then you're a bit like okay it's you know the head there's a lot more to them that sits under the headline 
but I think then it's just thinking about how that is going to work because there is a role for for all for a range of retail media networks out there. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely an exciting time. Like it's definitely, it's definitely you know sometimes the industry it goes through sort of you know a bit of a plod along, but then things like retail media networks, it's just become a very intra. It's just intellectually stimulating to think about where it might go, like where audiences, how they interact. Like uh, it's it's fascinating. I think the, the the theme of this podcast series is transformation. And it's such an overused word. I felt a bit embarrassed putting it in, but I do think retail media is transforming so quickly from, you know, all the in-store and some digital to now, you know, very advanced digital solutions. Um, I guess I've got to kind of wrap the conversation up. In the next 18 months, what do you think would be the number one difference in we'll see in 18 months versus today in retail media? Oh, wow. Um... So I think um, I think what you'll so there's a, there's a couple of things I think you'll which will which will kind of evolve. I think the the big focus will be on in-store digitization. I think this is a as a massive area um, of um, of kind of growth um, because I think where we're getting to is probably linked to my second point is we're getting to a world where people want to buy more programmatically. It's it's the way in which they're transacting in other parts of their uh the relationships with media so brand partners want to do that and so it's logical to extend that into into the store environment via digitization so i i definitely think you'll see that um and then i think the other parts that are probably quite key is i, I think that will allow us then to do much much smarter audience-based targeting so you'll be able to be really clear about that path to purchase um, and how you want to target the audience in a in an even more smarter way than you can today so you can get them when they're online but equally also as they start to move through their path to purchase journey near, near store in store as well so i think there will be there's a, there's an opportunity there i think the other part that will become is quite critical is that will grow the business the industry is is measurement and is really a unified standardization of measurement and i think that will happen for this as a similar way to it did in the programmatic industry um because i think it's a necessity when we look uh, to your earlier point about like the range of retail media networks you know even if you think about the attribution models that might be different for each one which probably we could do an entire hour on itself literally, but <laughs> literally <could. laughs> I, th- I think that standardization is so critical to us um learning from maybe things we did differently previously and so really bringing that into to this area where will allow us to really understand the effectiveness of it so so i would say probably digitization and store and evolution in kind of attribution and measurement those will be the big two things where i think um it, it will kind of grow awesome awesome well super exciting times and uh really appreciate you coming on the apple dolly it's been a, a great conversation and hopefully those listening will take away tons of uh, tons more knowledge around retail media no, thank you so much for having me. It's great to catch up. Thanks, Wayne. Cheers, Ollie.